I dare you to make it from opening to closing of White Chicks or Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 without committing ritual seppuku. Radio Drome. Welcome to the seemingly endless Razzy episodes of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the barely awake Peter. <laughs> yeah, barely is an understatement. And the the chili chef himself, Cecil. <laughs> yes. Private joke. N- never mind. We are continuing with the Razzies, and this will probably go on next week as well, because we got a lot to talk about this week. But if you guys want to help out, you go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. So as we continue our stumbled down the rabbit hole of the Razzies. Last week we ended at 2001. So 2002, we have The Adventures of Pluto Nash, Crossroads. This is the Britney Spears movie, not the Steve Vai playing guitar for the devil movie. We have an Italian Pinocchio film that I've never seen or heard of before. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And the winner, the Madonna Guy Ritchie film, Swept Away. Oh, <laughs> it's it's kind of sad when the Star Wars prequel is the best one on the whole list. That is a pretty sad statement when you think about it. It, it is. I think technically that is the, of, of all of them, that's the one I'd, I'd most rather, like if I were given a choice of which one to watch, I would watch Attack of the Clones. Pluto Nash, I vaguely remember, and just remember being a pile of crap. The, the Britney Spears one, that yep. was... I don't remember anyone thinking that was a good movie. And then you got the Italian Pinocchio, which, like I said, I've never seen, so I can't. Which one is the Italian Pin- Pinocchio? It's a an, an Italian fantasy comedy by Roberto Benigni. It's it's all, all in Italian. I don't know if it ever got a, a you know, like a U.S. dub or anything, but it I think was. Might know the Benigni. Yeah, Roberto. He was the guy is that it, did. The, it's an actor, isn't it? He's the guy that won the Oscar for that, um, for that Holocaust movie. Like, oh, yeah, the, the, that, like, Day the Clown Cried pseudo remake thing. Yeah, it was, it was basically, what happened was it was during America's brief flirtation with this guy where, like, everyone was all in love with him for, like, five minutes. And, um, you know, he, they were trying to go for, like, the crossover appeal of his stuff and critics, like, adored that movie and and you know and like pretty much everybody else was like eh. and this was like his sort of pseudo jerry lewis movie and i think i think italy liked it but i think the rest of the world did not i'd never even heard of this one until looking at this list i remember they were making a fuss about it again because they were really trying to make berto benini a thing just it didn't work very well well he's a very very good actor but I don't think he translates very well to American audiences. He is very good though, like um especially in Down by Law in uh, 1986. See, I, I'm looking at this list and going, okay, swept away. 
oh god, was that a chore? But what was that one even about? What was swept away? Isn't it where Madonna is trapped on an island or something oh, like that? God. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. It's a remake of a seventies Italian film. It's yeah, no. It's it's not good. And then I, I remember Adventures of Pluto Nash. I kept hearing about how bad it was, how bad it was, how bad it was. And it's bad. I'm not going to be trying to defend that movie. It, yes, it might be Razzie bad. I've seen way, way worse. I mean, Pluto Nash is watchable, at least. There there are so many films we've got coming up that aren't even watchable. I I, I don't think Pluto Nash is that bad. It's shockingly not funny. You know, you still have Eddie Murphy's charisma. You still have Jay, Jay Moore actually hamming it up. It, it had moments, and I'm probably going to take crap for that. I remember, um, I'm trying to think I got Pluto Nash confused with Norbit for some reason. <laughs> we have Norbit coming up. No, Pluto Nash is the sci-fi one where he owns a casino on the moon. That one was, um, I don't know, it was kind of... It was definitely the fall of, uh, during the fall of Eddie Murphy. It was average. And come on, Pam Greer plays his mom. That's kind of cool. You know, I am not one to uh, equate box office receipts with quality, but uh, it was one that was pretty much universally shunned. It had one of the worst budget to box office return ratios. It believe it was it was a hundred million dollar budget with a fifty million dollar budget marketing campaign, and it made about seven million. Uh, and it whoa. sat on the shelf for two years being unreleased. This thing yeah. was actually made in 2000. Yeah, they finally decided to get it out there and, uh, oof, it, um, it did not do well. I, I don't know, like, it wasn't, again, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Actually, it's one of the few on this list that I did see. It's, it's not good even a little bit to, to say one thing about it as a comedy i laughed at least three or four times which is not a great ratio in a 90 minute movie but it has a few jokes that work that's much more than you can say for some of the comedies that the razzies nominate mm. yeah i think this year is probably one of the one of the best years as far as them getting pretty much you know not just going for the low-hanging fruit going for some legit bad movies yes yeah. swept away i really i know of pretty much just in name i i have a tendency to with the exception of desperately seeking susan i don't have a large tendency to watch madonna movies uh they're mostly been terrible Pluto nash i saw as it was on cable a bunch of times crossroads i saw the riff tracks version and uh it seemed it was funny because riff tracks made it funny and uh so it was just you know it was just bad you know teeny bop crap it wasn't uh it wasn't the worst thing ever. I think I probably could have watched it by itself, but it would have been painful. Pinocchio, they used to run on cable, like, all the time. So I only caught, like, little snippets, and it's just, I'm like, yeah, this is not my thing. And I will, I, I will defend this is a prequel trilogy. I've always enjoyed them. Not ironically enjoyed them. No, I legitimately enjoyed them. I think they get a lot more, especially with the new trilogy coming out. I think it's showing that at the very least, they felt like Star Wars movies as opposed to, uh, The Last Jedi. But that's a whole other can of worms. Does it have problems? Yes. I, I think it still is, uh, mm-hmm. is fun Star Wars movie. Attack of the Clones like is the sand end. one, right? I don't like sand. It's horse. No. It's everywhere. That was, that was the first one. He's a teen. Well, no, no, no because that's, that's Hayden Christensen. That was Hayden Christensen. This is this one. The sand this shit. Of course. Because... Yeah, th- th- oh, that's this is, one. That would have to be either Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. No, no uh, it, it, it's this one, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it gets it. Well, whatever. Um, cause I'm thinking of, no, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, cold, sir. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not without its, uh, dialogue quips and, uh, issues. We're moving to 2003. And in this one is where I'm going, okay, this, we're going to have to have a discussion, Razzies. So first we have the real Cancun, which is apparently, it, this is the only one I haven't seen. It's a movie about a reality show on like MTV. So, okay, whatever. You have from Justin to Kelly, Charlie's Angels full throttle, the cat in the hat and Geely as the winner. And I'm going, oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and I'm going, okay, first, Geely is a bad movie, but I will sit through Geely a hundred times before I ever watch The Cat in the Hat, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, or From Justin to Kelly again. Ever. Geely, as I think, they, they took the low-hanging fruit because this is when the whole Ben Affleck and Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez thing was going on and all this. And I think this one was going to be the Razzie no matter what. It's not mm. a good movie. I, I, I give them that at least. But there's no way it's worse than Cat in the Hat, Charlie's Angels, or From Justin to Kelly. The thing with Geely is that it, what it has going for it at least is that it's so unintentionally hilarious. Like that one's got so oh god, like so many lines. Original gangsters, gangster. Eh, suckmydick.com. It's like all this shit that's like they really wanted to be cool, and it just came off sounding so fucking corny and dumb. And Ben is like makes whatever accent he was using. Yeah, like like Ben, I think trying to do like a Brooklyn accent, and I'm like, cause I love Ben Affleck, but it was just like, all right. He clearly didn't want to be doing the voice that he was doing, but they said, hey, do this. I think maybe they they thought it was going to be like a comedy, but it was, I mean, because it's supposed to be funny to a certain degree, but. Well, there's that like yeah. autopsy scene where they, they cut off a dude's thumb with a butter knife. It's like, what the f***? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. It's um, weird. I fully understand why it's on the list, but I find it so entertaining. But Peter, there's no way it's it's worse than Cat in the Hat, Charlie's Angels, or from Oh no, no, Justin it's not. Kelly, it's not because it's actually watchable and it it makes me feel some semblance and joy of uh, by making me laugh. Cat in the Hat is like a weird, horrifying fever dream that you want to immediately wake up from. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle was that the third one or the second one? That second was the one. second one. There was no. They, they, third they only one. made two. Yeah. Oh Jesus. It was the one with Demi Moore. Oh, that must have um. Must have felt like a long movie then. Um, <laughs> made you think there was another Charlie's Angels movie. I liked both Charlie's Angels movies. I liked I the first were... one a lot, especially with um, Crispin Glover as the villain. That was a lot of fun. And Sam Rockwell, come on, mm-hmm. dude! I liked both of them. They're they're fun. They're they're enjoyable. They don't uh, they're not too taxing on your brain. Sometimes you want to just sit back and you know watch some really attractive girls kick ass. And the uh, and one, that's the, the fault of the second one. I just felt that it was kind of forgettable like i remember the first one still pretty vividly but the second one i barely remember watching i did think i will agree that i think that two did go on a little longer than it needed to but i still enjoyed it for for what it was we got to bring up from justin to kelly this just like crossroads in the previous year you have to ask yourself and just who in the hell thought this was a good idea from justin to kelly on paper makes perfect sense it was American Idol was a huge thing at the time. Arguably uh, the peak of its popularity. Arguably the peak of its popularity because uh, Kelly Clarkson is really the the only one that really that continues to have a career that or should say the winner that continues to have a career. They figured they could throw these two together and make 
a musical, a dance musical, and it would be a big thing. And I mean, I understand why they did it, but I think that uh, the story behind it is probably more interesting than the movie itself. I think that they probably kind of pulled a, uh, well, let's write this as quickly as possible and get this into theaters while the fad is still going. There's an extended version of from Justin to Kelly with more songs and dances. And, uh, <laughs> of course there is. And because I I got it from uh, I bought it Blockbuster because it was actually cheaper to buy it than it was to rent it because I was I was morbidly curious so I bought the DVD I think for like three bucks and to rent it oh it they was, were like, really trying to get rid of that movie oh yeah and it's uh it's not good uh, I I laugh at it a lot because there's a lot of just stupidity and then you have to sit through a really overlong dance you know sing and dance number I, I've seen worse. Uh, but I understand, that's one where I understand why it's on the list. That one, okay, makes sense. Uh, the real Cancun, I never saw, and I kind of didn't even realize it existed until you mentioned it. Yeah, the Cat in the Hat absolutely should have won. Like, that is just what, what, like, I think that pretty much was the nail in Mike Myers's coffin. Like, and I like, or no, that was, that was the one, and then the Love Guru, like, cement, it was the cement over the, co- and I love Mike Myers. I think the, that the Love Guru is coming up in a few years. I think that he's mm. really legitimately funny in certain, like, like the Austin Powers movies, I think are hilarious. O- okay, you cannot tell me that Cat in the Hat is not cocaine the movie. No, Cat in the Hat is like cocaine fever dream, the movie. It's it's the dreams you have after you do a bunch of coke. Oh, okay. okay. Essentially, what happened was the Grinch made a crap ton of money, and they were and like... good. I, I like the Jim Carrey Grinch. I hated the Jim Carrey Grinch. But I, he played I, it really well. Like, I think he was the right choice oh, for, he, that, for that role. He did, he did a great job in a terrible movie. I didn't think yeah. that it was really necessary to, like take something and they just did it again they just did another uh, only this drink. time it was a terrible performance in an even worse movie cat in the hat also had a weird who was this movie made for because it basically pisses on everything that dr seuss set up so it's not for dr seuss fans and the movie is clearly aimed at kids but it's packed to the gills with sex jokes mm-hmm. so again you're going who was this movie made for well, they probably were doing the old, well, we'll put the sex jokes in there because the kids won't get it, but the adults will enjoy it. And, and if you do that a few times, that works. This thing is packed. There's probably dozens and dozens of sex jokes. And you're like, you were clearly going for like a teenager audience who doesn't give a shit about Dr. Seuss. But then you market it like a kid's film. Who was this movie made for? <laughs> I, sometimes I think that they don't even know. They're just like, let's just make a movie. Here's however many millions of dollars and let's make this happen. It well, really is what it all comes down to. Oh, just even looking at it, it just looks just like the pic, like why would you, $109 million it costs to make this movie. Oh man. And it's just so fugly looking. Why? <laughs> oh, they were planning on, they're planning on making sequels and yeah like i mean at least like horton here's a who and all that they went full cg and it's like all right i can understand that but this this insistence on trying to make animation is very odd trying to make that into live action just doesn't make sense well let's move from that to 2004 where we have the detestable white chicks oof we have Saving Christmas. Hey, Ben Affleck, you're back. Surviving we Christmas. Have, uh, surviving Christmas, sorry. We have Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Oh, good oh, God. F- 
we have Alexander and the winner, Catwoman. Now, these are all bad movies. And oh, that's I'm not a gonna bad fucking year. <laughs> I'm not going to say Catwoman shouldn't have won, but how that beat out Baby Geniuses 2 is sort of a, a conundrum. Because if I had to pick the worst of this worst, it's either Super Babies or White Chicks. Because Catwoman, you can sit through. I dare you to make it from opening to closing of White Chicks or Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 without committing ritual seppuku. <laughs> I think I've seen about 15 minutes of Baby Geniuses and I shut it off. Remember, there's my parents had like a, a VHS tape of it. They probably bought it for my little brother at the time. I was probably like 12 or 13. And I popped it in just because it looked absurd i don't think i got through 10 to 15 minutes of it and this is including like the previews at the beginning of the vhs and this is directed by bob freaking clark of black christmas and a christmas story fame Good Lord. and this was his last movie which makes it even more depressing before he was killed by a, a drunk driver drunk driver yeah. oh no yeah. and yeah he that is that is one of the biggest tragedies because he He's so much better than this, but he was at a point in his career where this was all they were giving him. He needed, he, he literally needed to pay his rent. Which is depressing, because if you look at his, his list, I mean, he's made some freaking fantastic movies, and, uh, Hollywood is just, is just infuriating sometimes, but, but yeah. But, I mean, looking at the rest <laughs> of the list, White Chicks is one of the most detestably bad movies I've ever seen. Surviving Christmas? Okay, that's not awful surviving you christmas can, you can is sit mad. through it it's, yeah. it's mad bordering on like kind of bad and just sort of why did you make this like it seems very pointless and then i mean alexander that's where i went okay oliver stone has lost it because alexander was terrible and then this is one of those few times where you know when it came out to dvd i'm like all right director's cut oh my god how is the director's cut worse Who how is, is this so alexander? much worse I want to say I know what what which one this is, but it sounds An familiar. Angelina Jolie, um, Colin Farrell, Val Kilmer. Oh no! Yeah, it's terrible. It's so miscalculated on ev. This is one of those movies where you have to ask yourself, how did the studio, when they saw the rushes, not shut this damn thing down? I, I know Cecil likes to defend it, but Catwoman is pretty. It's watchable in a fun way, but it's a terrible terrible movie which okay th with with catwoman and alexander they're both warner brothers i don't know this was just mismanagement at the top level when they saw rushes they still let these movies go on okay Cat catwoman is still better than alexander i would say yeah cat here's the thing with catwoman i understand yes it's a bad movie but i think that there's two things the director pitoff he's got a really good visual eye so I think that the movie, with the exception of some of the CG, I think the movie very visually has a flair that makes it, like, look good. I think that it's hilarious, like, the, the, um, the dialogue in it, you know, it, it's over, you know, it's overtime, you know, like, so many cornball moments in that, uh, <laughs> it's really ridiculous. Benjamin Bratt is, like, dating Halle Berry, and he can't figure out that she's Catwoman, and it's, 
there's just so many dumb things in it. I, I love it, but I understand that, like, I'm not going to defend it for being good. I'm going to just say, you know, chalk it up to, like, the room. You know, it's just, it's enjoyably bad. So that's my whole thing with Catwoman. I think that it's funny and, and laughable and, and uh, a, a bad, a good-looking bad movie. It's on the same level as a lot of the other kind of below-average superhero movies. Like, it's not the worst. It's It's on the same tier as, like, something like Daredevil. White Chicks is the only thing really that saved that movie is Terry Crews. Whenever Terry Crews is on on the set, it's hilarious. Like he's <laughs> he's legitimately wants to have sex with these two monstrosities. Like <laughs> like they don't they don't they, they look, look like mongoloids. They, they I was gonna say burn victims. They they don't <laughs> look right. It's it's like it's so bad. Like and and it's not funny. But Terry Crews makes it funny. Yeah, White Chicks is god awful. It's really uh, bad. It's really bad. It's, that is a tough sit. And every now and then Terry Crews shows up and you're like, okay, I'll watch a little bit more. And then it, oh, it just keeps going. Uh, I've never seen Surviving Christmas. I can't, as far as Baby Geniuses 2, I just can't. I don't. You don't Bob, want to remember Bob Clark like that? I don't want to remember Bob Clark like that. Uh, I just, I don't care, so I've never seen it. Then we move on to 2005, where we have another turd year. We have House of Wax, the remake. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Dukes of Hazard. Okay, that one probably should have won. We have Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Oh my god. We have Son of the Mask. Oh no. And the winner, Jenny McCarthy's Dirty Love, a movie nobody saw because the movie it, it barely came out I, I i had to actually look up the trailer to go oh my god i actually have seen this i just literally the t- the title i'm like jenny mccarthy and i'm thinking and i'm going oh god i actually have seen this movie but i'm saying dirty love is bad Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, is unwatchable. Dukes of Hazard, do I need to explain it? House of Wax, come on. Son of the Mask is the most offensive movie on this list. <laughs> How that did not win. And I don't understand. I don't even really like the mask all that much. But Jamie Kennedy, his he still defends this damn movie. And it's like, dude, you are f***ing delusional. Completely. And this proves it. I've never seen Dirty Love. Uh, I've only seen little clips of it. Uh, it just it didn't interest me. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. It, I think the first uh, Deuce Bigelow male Gigolo is hilariously funny. I mean, we That's quote, a huge bitch. That's a huge, I was just going to say, me, me and my <laughs> wife, we quote, that's a huge bitch, like daily pretty much. And European Gigolo, unfortunately, was a mild rehashing of the first movie it pretty much was the same story just in in Europe uh it's 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 all right it's got a couple of like funny jokes but it really didn't hold a candle to the first movie Dukes of Hazard I never really watched despite the fact that I love Broken Lizards but they they admit they're like look we we basically got a deal where if you make this movie you can make whatever other movies you want so they did mm. that and they were able to do like Beer League and or I'm sorry not Beer League uh, uh Beer Fest and uh you know they're I actually like how Johnny Knoxville handled Dukes of Hazard. When he was on the Henry Rollins show, Henry said, I just saw Dukes of Hazard. Johnny took out seven bucks out of his wallet and gave it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm awesome. like, okay, that's at least how you handle that. Yeah, it 
it was another one where, you know, the remake craze was really, really taken off. And it was like, hey, let's remake Dukes of Hazard, and, and we could get, uh, J- uh, Jessica, Reynolds. Sim- Jessica Simpson as, uh, Daisy Duke, and, uh, like, so yeah, it's, it's bad. House of Wax is, I don't dislike it, I, I rather enjoy it. It does, again, doesn't hold a candle to the original, but I will defend this. The finale, where the entire house is melting, has some of the best production value in a lower budgeted horror film in quite a while. It is, it's worth watching just for that final end sequence where everything is melting. It's really good looking. It's, it's not without its problems, but like I said, I, I'm willing to, uh, and, and I think the director has done a lot of, uh, other, he's kind of proved himself with like Orphan and whatnot where he can do a really cool movie if, uh, he's got a little bit more control. I think a lot of the, the issues with the earlier portion of the film was uh, a lot of studio uh, meddling. That's one I'd like to dig into a little bit more. I'd eventually like to do a video on it, but uh, see if the, you know, see if anybody would like to talk about it. But then, uh, Son of the Mask is an atrocity. It is uh, you're taking amazing performance from Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim Carrey really sold that film. Like you could not have done that movie without him. Especially, you, well, the thing the thing that's kind of funny, you couldn't do that movie with him now. Because Jim Carrey now is not the Jim Carrey that we had back then. He was just brilliant in that. And then to have Jamie Kennedy do it. And the funny thing is, Son of the Mask, I believe, cost twice as much, if not oh, three. And it looks worse. And it looks worse. Like, I don't understand how. it. And the effects are horrendous. The story is terrible. The people involved... I I don't know what like they really were hoping that this would be a thing and it it just was not so um yeah it's that I think Son of the Mask absolutely should have won I don't know what although I'm curious to see if Dirty Love is really that bad I'm sure it's bad but I don't know if it's Son of the Mask bad Dirty Love is pretty bad it's Jenny McCarthy gets dumped by a hot model guy so it's her going on all these wacky dates with nerds and psychics and Star Trek fans and look at all the wacky guys that are out there that's the movie I love that we're like like this you know, Jenny McCarthy in what, 2000, was this five, four? 2005. Yeah, J- J- 2005, Jenny McCarthy is still like an 11. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure she's having a lot of problems with guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you want to just move on to 2006 uh, and just leave, leave it at that? Probably the, I mean, oh my God. I mean, Son of the Mask is like, I remember when that came out. I, I don't know anybody that actually saw it. Like, I remember everybody just being like, oh, look, did you see that shitty new mask movie that came out? It's like, no, it looks like garbage. Nobody went to see it. Dukes of Hazard, I think I saw bits of it on TV. It was, I mean, I mean, I, I like Sean William Scott and, um, what's his face? The jackass Johnny guy. Knoxville. For some reason is, is named Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. I like both of them, but the movie was, was average at best. And it was pretty obvious that Broken Lizards was just sort of phoning in a studio movie so they could go do uh, a film that they actually wanted to do. But no, this, this list is just overall pretty, pretty shit. Dirty Love, I haven't seen. I just, I don't really, I don't give a shit about Jenna, Jenna, Jennifer McCarthy, what's her name? Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy, yeah, didn't give a shit. Didn't even know that was a movie that came out. It sounds like it's a Cinemax movie. I, actually, I'm thinking about it now. I wonder if Jenny McCarthy, if her character would have been vaccinated in that because of all the sex. Then let's just move on to 2006, where we've got a weird year here. So we have, 
the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. I understand oh, why God. he's on the list. <laughs> the bees, the bees. No, we've got not little the bees. Ma- we've got Little Man, another one of those movies oh. where you just go, "This, why was this made? How did no one shut this movie down?" They we've were trying Lady- to make the Wayans brother again. They were trying to make the Wayans brothers happen. We've got Lady in the Water. We've got Ooh. Blood Rain and Basic Instinct Two as the winner. Now, this is one of those weird ones Basic where I'm like, Ooh? yeah. Basic Instinct 2 is pretty bad. But, okay, Basic Instinct 2, I, I'm going to say it did deserve the win, but I still think it should have gone to Little Man because that movie is offensively bad. Lady in the Water, I didn't like, but okay, fine. Blood Rain would have been fine if not for Michael Madsen's I so don't give a sh performance. Wicker <laughs> Man is bad, but it's watchable. And Basic Instinct what, Two what, where else is. What are you going to see? Nicholas Cage punch a woman in the face while he's wearing a bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. Okay, if that's your criteria. But it's so. Where are you going to see that? It's hilarious. But it's not supposed to be. The movie is played almost humorlessly. All they. I know, which see- makes it funny. Like I, like again. It's kind of, it is a, it's another, you know, Troll 2, The Room, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's not supposed to be funny, and yet it is. Absolutely a modern Troll 2. And yet Little Man is supposed to be a comedy, and what you is will Little gouge... Man? I don't even know what the f*** that is. Do you remember that old Looney Tunes sketch where the gangster who has the baby face it's is pretending to be baby. a baby? It's a, it's a movie of that with the Wayans brothers. Oh, gross. Oh, I remember that one. It's... It's Mar- Marlon Wayans' head CGI'd onto a baby's a baby body. baby body, yeah. And he, yeah, he's, and they're trying to like rob this, this house. Uh, it's, it's, oh, Cecil, Cecil, you tell me, am I wrong that it is not a total ripoff of that Looney Tunes sketch? Well, oh, probably, that's, that's what, probably what they were going for. Oh, it's absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's Finsta Baby. It's, uh. I remember the, just seeing the trailers for that Drek. Never saw it. Yeah, it's it, like essentially what happened was the White Chicks was a pretty decent hit, which I, I just I hate the world when I say things like that. I remember hating the world when when Pitch Perfect Two beat the crap out of Fury Road at the box office. I'm like, you people are the reason we can't have nice things. Yeah, White <laughs> Chicks made 113 million versus 37 million dollar budget, so it was a pretty decent hit. So they, you know, they they were like, well, what can we do that's wacky? And then, well, well, you'll be a baby, and and they did that, and oof, it's it's not good. Like even a little bit good. It's it's bad. Um, the Wicker Man I think is hilarious. But yeah, so you got Little Man the comedy that's not funny, but then you have Wicker Man the movie that's almost completely 100% serious, and it's so funny. And what's really frustrating, I guess, in a way, like the original Wicker Man is one of the most atmospheric. It's not so much scary as it is dreadful. And I think yeah. it's, it's an amazing movie. I mean, per, the performances. It's all mood. That the original is like 100% all mood. mood. The performances are phenomenal. Everybody in that is giving it their all. And it's so good. And in this, when you're getting to the end and they're, they're having the reveal of the Wicker Man and you're like, oh my God, in the original. And in this, you're laughing hysterically at, uh, at Nicolas Cage being burned alive after being set on, you know, after being stung by bees. Yeah, goddamn, honey. Don't forget they hobble him too. Oh yeah, right. They hobble him so he can't get away. It's so bad. Basic instinct, I, 
think I saw, but I really don't remember much about it. Blood Rain, I, I was like, I love the Blood Rain series. I think that they're phenomenally fun games. I thought that Kristana Loken was a good choice for the character, but, uh, it's, it's, it's Uwe Boll who really was not. He hadn't hit his stride yet. He, well, he, he even admits, he's like, I was making them because they were giving me money to make bad movies. And, uh. Yeah, I think his, like, his video game movies were almost like a money laundering scheme. But essentially, uh, they were, I don't kind know. Kind of. They were, they were using the German tax loophole, which as long as they lost money, they got to claim it and they got their money back. So they were tax Yeah, it's films. weird. And I think it was just a way for him to make, like, easy money through that system. And then he, then he proved he could actually make movies with Rampage, all the Rampage movies. And, uh, what is it? Assault on Wall Street was also really good. Problem was, now, you know, people aren't willing, you know, I mean, I understand. I mean, I've come around on him a lot after talking to him a couple times. The, and seeing the movies where he does give a shit. But unfortunately, you're, you're going to, when you have a memorable name like Uwe Boll and you make a lot of high profile crap, going to get branded as that guy. So he, that's well, what people think, are going to remember your movies right. for, even if you've made some yeah. good ones. But, but you, you also have to remember Blood Rain is also the movie. Let's take the performances and Uwe Boll out of it where the writer, she wrote the first draft of the movie, and then they never called her again. And she figured this happens in Hollywood all the time. They just hired someone else to do the rewrites. And then when she was at the premiere, which she was contractually obligated to, they shot her first draft. She like, oh my god, they're shooting the first f***ing draft. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the first draft was so good. It, oh... No. <laughs> she couldn't believe that it was her, it was the first draft of the script on the screen. And that that's what Uve shot. Going to Lady in the Water, I adore Lady in the Water. I think that it is greatly underappreciated. And the pro, I think the major problem was the studio sold it as a horror film when numerous times, even in the credits of the film, M. Night says that this is a bedtime story that he wrote for his children. It is a fantasy fairy tale bedtime story. And I think that it is fantastic. I love it. And I'm not going to like I uh, if you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. But judge it on what it is, not what the movie was sold as it was, you know, was the next terrifying vision from. And it's like and they were showing clips in the trailer that were completely used out of context. And that was, you know, one of the reasons why he moved on from from Warner Brothers was because it's like, look, I you're you're wrecking my career by this and then unfortunately he he did it himself with devil and after Earth well no and... he did not direct devil no but he made devil even if he didn't direct it he re- his his fingerprints are all over that movie but man. devil was a good movie devil was no it was not you say so i say it was devil was a good movie he produced it he had some involvement it was the it was the first of what was supposed to be the night chronicles but they only went one film the thing that really that screwed him over more than anything thing was avatar was uh he he took on the project and nickelodeon really took over and made him do things that he didn't want to do and we ended up with the movie that it was and then beyond that was after earth where uh will smith has since apologized and said that he armchair directed the whole thing and knight moved himself out of the industry for a little while and he has come back strong and has proved that when he has a 
small to medium sized budget and has a moderate, you know, a, a proper amount of control and is not really meddled with with the studio where it is a typical, where it is a good back and forth between him and the studio. He's found a really good spot with Blumhouse and he's going to continue to make some freaking awesome movies. We, we also do need to acknowledge Basic Instinct too. The movie no one asked for, no one wanted, and no one liked. Yeah, like I said, I can't. I I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it, so I may not have seen it. Yeah, Basic Instinct is a movie that didn't really need a sequel, especially it didn't need a sequel. What, fifteen, twenty years later, or however long later? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, for, for, for God's sake, the governor from The Walking Dead is our hero. Two thousand seven. We've got here. You go, Peter. We've got Norbit. <laughs> We have, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, we have no. Daddy Day Camp, Bratz, Oof. and I Know Who Killed Me as the winner. And I'm going, okay, Norbit is almost unforgivably bad. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry is just, it, it it's literally one joke for 90 minutes. It's just a, it's minutes. a 90 minute gay joke. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, even Ving Rames's scenes can't save I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. No. You have Daddy Day Camp, which I, I don't even think I saw this. I saw Daddy Day Care. I don't think I ever saw Daddy Day Camp, so I'll just pass on that. Bratz, oh my god, I caught maybe 20 minutes of it, 20 minutes of it on cable and was like, I can't even judge whether this is bad because I'm clearly not the audience for this. And then I'm really torn on I Know Who Killed Me. Cause okay, I think this one was picked more because Lindsay Lohan and all of her, the drama she had going on at the time. But I know Killed Me's got a great supporting cast. It's got an intriguing premise. It's not an intriguing story. And I think that's part of the problem. Premise is fine. Very well directed. I'm kind of split on, on I Know Who Killed Me. I don't hate it. The fact that it beat Norbit shows that they were just going for Lindsay Lohan stars in this in a dual role. Every single movie on that list is bad. Like, I, I don't even, there's no point. They all suck. Norbit is, is, uh, another attempt to get, uh, Eddie Murphy back in a fat suit. And, uh, it's, it's awful. And I believe, and the sad thing is I think it did really well. Chuck and Larry, I chuckled a couple times. I think, uh, like, Ving Rames, I did think was funny. And there was a couple of funny bits. It's, you know, it was, it, it, I don't know. I, I, it's another one I understand why it's on the list, but, uh, I, I think that there was probably, like, Ghost Rider, I would have put on the list before I put uh, Chuck and Larry. I will I will sit through Ghost Rider a million times before I sit through Chuck and Larry again. No way. Uh, Sam Elliott offsets that to the point where it makes at least Sam Elliott scenes watchable. What? Sam Elliott like, was let's go it. on one last ride. And they ride Stop. right to the For no like, reason. For no reason. He's like, all right, I'm dead now. I'm like, what was the point? <laughs> That like, it, it was the point to see the horse keeping up with the motorbike. It was duh. I will say though, the sequel is ten times worse. Oh my! Okay, we're not even talking not about Spirit talk of about Vengeance. That, yeah, but I'm just saying that is actually worse than Ghost Rider. Uh, Daddy Day Camp, I never saw. Bratz, I will never see because I don't care. And I know who killed me. That totally got the win because of Lindsay Lohan. That was just, hey, Lindsay Lohan is is being a a, a drug-addicted lunatic right now. She's in this really god-awful movie. Let's give it to her. And uh, so it's it's bad, but... Uh, uh, I wouldn't I would, say it's bad because of her. I would say it's just, just it's a just shitty a, film. It's just a bad movie. I would probably say that even though it's not nominated, epic movie, all of the blank movies... 
you know, should, you know, a uh, disaster movie and murder a superhero movie. Speaking, speaking of that, fun. speaking of that, we have two of those next year. I think that I would have put Epic Movie as the worst of the year as opposed to, although, like I said, I, I have a feeling Bratz is probably god awful, but I will never know because I will never watch it. Let's end this episode on 2008, where we have Uwe Boll is back with In the Name of the King. We have The Hottie and the Naughty, Oof. The Happening, Disaster Movie, and Meet the Spartans, The Winner, The Love Guru. So going down the list, we got In the Name of the King. It's bad. It's it's clearly going, Uwe Boll is making his Lord of the Rings. And it's just, it's got an amazing cast, which I still don't know how he got, but. Is that the, that's the Jason Statham one, right? Yes, with Jason Statham and Matthew and then he, Lillard he and with like Dolph Burt Lundgren Reynolds too. and he, Ray per- Liotta. It, Ray Liotta was chewing scenery to the point where I'm sure he had drywall in his teeth by the time they were done. <laughs> and, and then we got like Hottie and the Naughty. This was that Paris Hilton one that, okay, I, it was going for the message of it's not how you look on the outside, it's what matters inside, but the movie is all Farley Brothers style gross out humor, like, you know, disgusting toenails falling into the, the blender and being drunk and it's just, it's offensively bad, but I, I get, I guess the message was fine. You got the happening, which Cecil likes to defend, but the happening is embarrassingly bad. Cecil can defend it in a minute, but oh what? my god, no. the happening I almost yeah. walked out of. Then you've got Disaster Movie and Meet the Spartans. I mean, they're a Setzer Freeberg movie. They, they're god awful. And I would say one of those should have won, but no, the love guru is, and I'm not using this term loosely, offensively bad. This, the love guru is so bad, it's actually rubbing its nuts in your face. <laughs> the love guru is one of the, how the f- did this movie ever get released films I've ever seen? One bad idea for 90 f***ing minutes. Seriously, Love Guru might be one of my most hated films of all time. How this film got released on a major budget with major stars proves how corrupt and stupid Hollywood is. Mm-hmm. Most of these I don't think I've even seen. I haven't seen Haughty or the Naughty because I don't give a shit about Paris Hilton. Never saw In the Name of the King because I just thought it looked boring. Love Guru I saw parts of and it was terrible. Disaster movie sucked. Meet the Spartans was garbage. The Happening I find it's entertaining. It's not good. It's it's Mark Wahlberg talking to plants. He wasn't right for the role. I don't think. Yeah, uh, I, I think. I don't want to blame him for the entire movie, but I, I think somebody, somebody else should have been cast in, in his part. I, I don't think he can, I don't think he can carry that type of a movie. He just doesn't have the right cadence for it. But Peter, he and Zoe outrun the wind. <laughs> You're hard. Defeat the plants with love. Oh, that's right. That's right. Zoe Deschanel is f***ing wife in the movie. Oh my god. Yes. No, the, the Happening is another one that I consider to be like like a modern Troll 2 or modern Plan 9. Like, it's just... Hot dogs have a cool shape. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, you hot, like dogs hot dogs get a bad rep. You? They got a cool shape. They got protein. You weren't thinking <laughs> of killing me tonight, were you? What? No. No. <laughs> Some of the, the weirdest delivery i've ever seen from mark Wahlberg. like what the hell was that that's what makes it so much fun to watch it's almost like um whoever the dad was from troll 2 levels of delivery 
Well, the there is a reason for that. When M. Night shot it, he was going for the style of the old 50s paranoia films. Oh. So he had everybody doing these really weird stilted dialogues. It was it was kind of an homage. And I mean, it it didn't entirely work, but uh, I at least it work at all. It it I don't know. I I still enjoy it. I think that uh, it is funny, but it it does have some legitimately creepy moments. Well, the, and... I think the first like the opening 5 minutes or so when everybody's just like falling from buildings and shit and and, draw, and dying and killing themselves, throwing themselves into threshers and that. Those were yeah. some genuinely like shocking moments, I think. Yeah. And I mean, he had the balls to freaking shoot a kid in the head mm. like not off-screen. So, no, it, uh, it had some good moments for sure. I think, uh, it, uh, it, I, I liked it, but, um. I think we'll overall see. it's enjoyable. I just think it, just those weird stilted, as you said, the on purpose paranoia film level, um, dialogue delivery, I think, I think kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he was going, it was a little bit of an experiment. He was going with a little bit of tongue in cheekness for that with the, uh, uh, trying to, trying to appease like it, horror fans and also doing a little bit of the paranoia thing. And, uh, it, uh, it, it worked for some, it didn't work for others. Uh, I don't think it particularly belongs on this list, but that's especially when and what the hell. Okay. Cecil, what the hell was the hot dog rant? It was just the, it what was the hell was that? It wasn't a hot dog rant. It was, it maybe was a total of 20 seconds of the film. Like he's, you know, it's got, that makes gotta... no sense and just comes out of nowhere. It has no bearing on the plot. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. It's right. almost as bad as like in 2012 with all the pickles stuff with Woody Harrelson's character where you're like, well, that was stupid and random. <laughs> it, it was a guy. Who just, he was a quirky dude and he's, he went on this little thing about hot dogs. It's, it's, it's seriously, it's, so it's like, weird. it's not even, it's like 20, 30 seconds of the film. It's not like he went off on this r- random thing and he has hot dogs coming out everywhere. It's, he's talking about hot dogs. He asks Zoe if she wants a hot dog. She says no. They move on. It's not like, you know, it's not like this thing where they keep coming back and he's talking about hot dogs. He's, he, that's it, what makes it kind of even weirder though, is that it just comes out of nowhere. It's like the corn on the cob scene from Troll 2. Right. Never mentioned again. It's what the f- was that? Disaster Movie Meet and Spartans absolutely deserves to be on here. They are, uh, god awful, terrible pieces of garbage. Uh, in the name of the king is, awful um it's really depressing to see this much thrown into a movie and actors that really are using like first or second takes and then moving on but okay but Cecil, even you got to admit ray liotta is in a different movie than the rest of the cast isn't he oh yeah he's absolutely he's so wildly over the top he's glorious i think he thought it was like something legit because at this point like not everybody knew about uve bull so i think he was like oh god i'm in an 80 million dollar uh you know sword and sorcery movie i'm gonna and and yeah he's just delivering an like a jeremy irons you know dungeons and dragons <laughs> level performance I, I i actually i actually thought he, he thought jeremy irons was too subdued and restrained <laughs> in dungeons and dragons and he's like i'm gonna show him how you really act as an ah, evil wizard shit. <laughs> The hottie and the naughty, the, the, the funny thing to me about that is, like, the girl who they got to play the naughty, they did so much to make her unattractive. She's so much prettier than Paris Hilton that they had Without to- Without a doubt, They yeah. had to ugly her up something fierce to make her, like, the naughty. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, it, it's just like, alright, where is your ego at this point? Do you at least agree with me that 
I see the message that they were going for, why they tr- decided to cloak that in Farley Brothers humor, kind of goes against the message. Uh, who knows? It, it, I don't even think that got a theatrical release. I think that was a directive video anyway. It's a, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's just, it's not funny. It's, they're trying to, I think they basically felt they had to have a message. You know, like, well, we can't just make fun of ugly people. We have to have some kind of message in here. And yeah, the love guru is, oof. Yeah, it's well, one then, word review for love guru. Oof. Yeah, oof. It's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it is, it is a, bad film that has really nothing redeemable about it aside from the fact that at least it kept Vern Troyer employed for a little while longer then next week we're going to finish this out and I've got a huge rant planned for next week because there's a a movie in 2009 that pissed me off more than any other movie in the last 10 years I think so next week I've got a huge rant for now do you think that this list is now more representative of what we think of as the Razzies with all the low-hanging fruit, obviously going after Lindsay Lohan or Ben Affleck or Jennifer Lopez, and not actually trying to look at what the worst is? Because early on, we were like, okay, there's just a lot of legit bad movies. Now we're going, these are just the easy bad movies. Uh, it's half and half. Some of them are genuinely terrible. It's it's a mix. Like, some of them, it's like, I understand why this is here. But other ones are like, okay, this is bad, but it's not that bad. It's not as bad as some of the other things. Like, I'm sure if I was to go year by year, I could easily find some some stuff each year that they skipped in favor of going with the bigger name, in favor of, oh, well, this this stinks, but this one's got Lindsay Lohan in it. So, obviously, it's worse. In the meantime, where can we find Peter? You can find me going back to bed in a few minutes, um, but also on Twitter <laughs> at the Cinematica, on Facebook, the Cinematicus, YouTube, the Cinematicus, obviously on 1201beyond.com, uh, where you can find other quality entertainment and merchandise, and of course on my Patreon at Cinematica, where you can uh, help me keep food in my fridge. Where can we find Cecil? At uh, goodbadflix.com as well as uh, goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night. Now, Stevie, now don't be nervous, honey, okay? I'm going to go in and I'm going to introduce you, and then you're going to come in with your guitar... And you're going to play that nice, nice music you were telling me about. And while you're doing that, I'll be sitting in the back of the room. We'll have such a good time. So don't you be nervous, honey. It'll relax everybody and we'll be so happy. I'm going to go now. I'll introduce you, okay? Hands up! Now you kids, you, all of you, calm down. That's good. Okay? Everyone in your own seats. That's good. Okay. Now, little Stevie Vai is going to play a composition on the guitar. He wrote it all by himself. Okay, Stevie, bring your three friends up. They can play with you. That's Steve Vai. What a nice little boy. I wrote this song for all my friends. When I grow up, I'm going to be a famous rock and roll guitar player. Love it. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen to my Did you 
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.